It's time for Town Talk, our monthly review of accomplishments, issues, and celebrations involving the town of Wyndham, brought to you at this time on the first Tuesday of each month by Prime Materials Recovery with facilities on Ash Street and Willimantic. Prime Materials Recovery assists manufacturers and utilities to maximize their resources through scrap recovery. And now we present the town manager of Wyndham, Jim Rivers. Mr. Rivers, good morning. Welcome to September. Anything exciting happen in town over the weekend? You know, uh, as, as most everyone knows uh, throughout the country, uh, I'd say probably, especially since COVID, uh, we just had this crazy increase in unregistered motor vehicles uh, in the roadways and dirt bikes, ATVs, and other apparatus that they shouldn't be on the roadways. It's unsafe. And, and sometimes these, uh, you know, you have little, little groups of people that go around and they, they doing wheelies, they're getting in the way of traffic. And, and most of the time it doesn't turn into this, something too horrific. There are bad accidents. People get hurt. Uh, but now there's a new phenomenon that, that really, uh, is, is starting to be more, uh, more of a pressing issue, I think, for police and for communities. And, uh, you see these what they call a street takeover, where they will get together, um, often from uh, different towns from outside the area where they, this, this takeover may take place, and they, they literally take over streets. Um, they can be destructive to property, clearly uh, a danger to the public and themselves, and that it's happened. Uh, I think uh, most recently, last Monday, they had one in Groton, and someone was killed, and we don't want that to happen in Wyndham. Uh, there was one in Holland in May that was uh, uh, another horrific event uh, that over on 195 by the Big Y. And we had a lot of, uh, you know, many, many riders and other folks that just took over the area and people couldn't get out of there. They were trying to shop. And so anyway, it's a bad situation that that uh, we uh, we saw coming to us possibly Sunday. Uh, with a lot of uh, different intelligence from the state, from uh, social media, uh, that it looked like something was being organized. And, and sometimes the organizer doesn't intend it to be anything uh, unsafe or violent, but uh, other people show up, and, some, and you can't control it. And we, we saw that happening to us. And when we, uh, the Wilmington Police Department led a, uh, an effort to, uh, to deter that and, and try to uh, de-escalate that, uh, through various means, and we, we had a lot of personnel in. We had the uh, police department, public works was putting up barriers to protect our parks where we thought some of these riders may assemble. Uh, and by the way, in, any assembly like, assembly like this without a permit is illegal in the first place, but of course it turns into some, sometimes even and worse than that. So anyway, we had the potential for that. Uh, there were some, some different riders uh, probing our parks uh, as we were ready to uh, address any issues. And uh, they decided to go elsewhere. So it, it turned out it was okay. The, the work that we did up front in preparing for that, I think, uh, helped uh, you know, de-escalate the situation before it became uh, out of control and it was something we couldn't handle uh, or, or it might have endangered the public. So that's the, that's the story. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a busy weekend for us. Jim, aside from the media reporting on this, talk about the way that you get the word out. I will give you a personal story on what happened, how I found out about it. Number one, I got a phone call. Number two, I got a text. Number three, I got two different emails, the two different emails accounts. 
And I don't even remember signing up for that. It must have been a couple of years ago, and I don't remember getting other notifications like that. But man, when they did this, it hit all platforms. And that might speak to a a bigger issue here, that if people want to be notified when something is going on in town, it may not be a street takeover, it might be a gas leak, something like that. That's a way to get the word out. How do people do that? So, so you're right. That's a good point, Wayne. We, we have a lot of tools today. The state of Connecticut has, has tools. We have local tools. Uh, some of those services you have to sign up for, uh, but others you do not. You know, we get these alerts, you know, maybe it's an amber alert or, or what have you, or a storm alert. They just start popping up on your phone. Uh, the, the, the government, the state, uh, not so much the town, has uh, systems that really hit any, any known phone number or address. And that is, again, in, in big emergencies, uh, you're going to get the message whether you want it or not. I don't know how uh, you can unsubscribe to that. I don't know who would want to, uh, especially if, uh, if a real bad situation is heading their way or, or trying to get them to avoid a situation, in this case, over the weekend. We're trying to get people to, to stay away from areas that we thought might be uh, congested or are unsafe. Um, so again, I don't know how you unsubscribe to that, but I, you know, over the weekend I saw, uh, the state of Connecticut, we had the area four manager, uh, director of, uh, emergency services in our operations center over the weekend, the state of Connecticut, and you bring up a point in a way, the state of Connecticut paid very close attention to what we were doing in Wyndham this weekend, because I think a few of these street takeovers, the state got a little bit caught off balance and they didn't have the resources available, the methods, the communication, what have you. Uh, to get out to the public, and they were they were criticized quite a bit, especially the Tallinn issue. Uh, there were a hundred or so dispatch calls, emergency calls. People were trapped in their cars, getting their cars destroyed, um, and they there was not not much of a response. And I think that was because there's only so many officers on at any given time, and if they if they don't bring in extra extra help or other uh, jurisdictions to help out, uh, mutual aid from from towns, uh, they. Uh, we're underhanded, I guess, uh, or, you know, unmanned for the, for the situation. So I think, uh, again, this was, uh, this was a situation where uh, you were getting a lot of those alerts because the state was really paying attention to this. They did not want to see another Tallinn, and we had a lot of resources, thankfully. Uh, the state did a great job. We had a lot of troopers in town uh, Sunday, and we had, again, a state uh, director in our operations center. Do you think that the reason it didn't happen is because of all the publicity? In other words, you kind of scared them off. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the word scared. I, I'd say you know deterred. I think people, uh, you know, th- there's consequences, of course. And if there's enough resources to uh, to deal with the situation, uh, they don't want that. Um, this what this is all about. It's this flash mob riot, whatever you want to call it, and they get enough people together where they feel emboldened to do whatever they want because they know the police. I could have a hard time uh, controlling what they're doing, especially with, with not having enough resources on the spot. And, again, we're, we're not trying to uh, – this is the old days. We go busting in there and start, you know, uh, moving people around and, and bringing out the shields or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Um, we don't do that. That's not the first course of action is a, is a process today. And we don't uh, – you know, we're trying to resolve things peacefully if possible. And they know that. So – uh, they're going to push it as much as they can. But again, force having enough people, having enough resources is certainly a deterrent. I mean, we were reaching out to the uh, one of the so-called uh, event planners, and we did communicate with him. 
Um, and, he, and he was very cooperative, actually, but we tried to explain to him, it's not what you're doing and your, the intent that you have that may be the result. You may end up with uh, you know, something that occurs here, consequences that occur that you did not plan for, uh, because other bad actors are going to show up. They like to come to these things and create a group that's large enough where they can create that mob mentality and uh, not have any consequences. But we were prepared for that. Uh, and I think they realized that when they were probing us, they were going to each of the parks with various riders looking for a place to assemble. And it might have been in the intent a peaceful assembly. I don't know. But they had no permits for it. And like I said, sometimes these things can uh, and have been recently getting really out of control. So they were probing us at different parks, and I think they decided at some point to ride to, to Hartford, take a ride to Hartford, the group, and that's what they did. They ended up uh, assembling and moving out towards uh, Hartford, and we, uh, uh, you know, after about an hour and a half of that, uh, they left Wyndham. We also have an ordinance that the council passed about a year and a half ago uh, dealing with these illegal motorbikes and ATVs on our streets. And uh, that, that really probably helped us over the weekend, too, because it's, it's a $1,000 fine for the first offense. If you get caught with your motorbike or ATV uh, and you don't have it properly registered and you're on the roadway doing things, you're going to get caught, you're going to lose your stuff. Uh, we've con- confiscated about 12 bikes and ATVs in the last year and have, you know, levied some pretty big fines and tickets on people. So that's something else to keep in mind. And it helps us during these types of events that people find out about that. And they probably don't want to come to Wyndham and lose their stuff and have big fines. The second point that we talked about off air a little bit was, um, you know, people have a tendency, uh, a few people have a propensity in Wyndham to complain. I know that's hard to believe, but, uh, and, and, and sometimes it's legitimate, but, uh, you know, we have to close things down sometimes. Everything's not open 100% of the time when we plan to. Uh, sometimes, for whatever reason, there's bacteria in the water at the waterfront. We have to close it or the, or the spring or there's a pandemic and we have two rows of cars lined up to get tested to go into Recreation Park and you, you can't get to the dog park because you can't get back out. So there are times when we have to close things or there's a basketball clinic and you can't come down and play pickleball in the gym because there's only one gym at the community center. So we have to close things sometimes. And sometimes there's an emergency such as this over the weekend where for their own safety, I think the same people would complain if they got caught inside some mob and God forbid they got hurt because of all these motorbikes and ATVs doing crazy things. They would be complaining about that too. So we're doing the best we can to keep things open when we can to communicate when we can't open something, but sometimes things are just not going to be open 100% of the time. So I, just- well, I agree with what you're saying there. We got an email question from Dave here, and he says, does Jim think or know if state legislators will be talking about enacting stricter laws and punishments for the street takeovers? I, yes, I don't know specifically, but I, I've seen myself newspaper articles, and I know they have been working on some things. I don't know which legislators are working on that. I'm sure our legislators are, are thinking about it today for sure. Um, but, yes, there is something in the works, especially after the Tallinn incident, I think, in May. I think that they have uh, picked up the discussion. And, of course, sometimes legislation could take a little while to get it just right and get it, get it approved. But I think there is something in the works. All right. Good news about the Wyndham Bond rating. Yes. Uh, so meanwhile, the, the town continues to move forward in spite of some of these other distractions. Uh, we have uh, finally, after many years of trying uh, and working on this, 
uh, our town has uh, upgraded our rating, our bond rating, to double A, which is only two notches away from the best, triple A. Uh, there's double A plus and there's triple A. So we are double A. We were double A minus with a positive outlook. Last year we got up, kind of upgraded or indicated we were going to get upgraded. A great deal of work has to go into this for years. Things just don't happen. And the Board of Finance, the Town Council, the Board of Education, all the town staff, Chris Johnson, our, di- our Director of Finance, who is, I, I think, the best finance director in the state of Connecticut, has been working on getting all the pieces in place to convince the rating agencies, and the, our rating agency is Standards and Poor's, and they evaluate us every year to, for when we go out to get debt uh, for bonds or, or bond anticipation notes, whatever it is. So they have upgraded us. Now, I understand that no other town in Connecticut or very few towns in Connecticut this year were upgraded. Connecticut, being a a state with a lot of debt, it's hard to get the towns to be rated higher. It hurts you a little bit. Um, And in recent years, uh, Connecticut's, you know, had not had a great time with this bond rating stuff, and the towns uh, suffer as well. We have managed to raise ours in an environment where the economy is, you know, you don't know what's going to happen yet, rising interest rates and and we have been, managed to raise it up. And, again, a lot of work for many years. Our big reserves, we have very good reserves, and that's what I've been trying to explain to everybody. Everybody wants a tax refund. They want us to take the reserves and, and distribute that to the taxpayers. It's going to cost you more money in the end. We're getting good interest on those reserves right now, which helps offset taxes. And now with a good bond rating or a better bond rating, we're going to lower our borrowing costs, which are going to save the taxpayers, which is going to save taxpayers money. So, we don't want to just take the money and pass it out. It's in the bank. It's your money as taxpayers, but it's getting put to good good use. It's being leveraged to, to keep your taxes lower. We've had a lot of nice acts at the Shabu stage, not just the big concert, but there's another big concert coming up soon. You want to break the news about that, Jim? Well, I'm not going to break all the news, but I'm going to tease it a little bit, Wayne. We have a, a show. This is a, the second year we're doing this. We've part, we have this, The stage is such a wonderful tool for all of us. And we're partnering with Eastern, our, one of our biggest employers in, in the town, Eastern Connecticut State University. And we're going to have a show with them, uh, like we did last year, which was Young Gravy last year. We're going to have a show with them again at the end of September, I can't remember which weekend it is, which very soon, possibly this week, you'll, you'll start to see the, uh, the signage on this or on the billboard there, on the electronic sign. Uh, but it's going to be a pretty big country uh, star. And what we do is we partner with Eastern so we can keep the cost down for each of us because it's expensive to put these shows on. And sometimes you don't have enough people to, uh, to pay for it. So there's risk. So we, we're going to be charging for the show because we can't, you know, a show like this will cost in excess of $100,000. So we're, we're partnering with Eastern, so they bring all their students down. Last year they, they discounted the tickets for the students uh, with the Student Activity Fund, and then the, uh, you know, the people that came through the gate uh, paid. And I think there was about uh, 3,000 people at that, that show last year with Young Gravy. So we're hoping for at least that attendance again. There'll be food trucks and a lot of good things and fun to do at this show. But, again, going to switch it up a little bit going to going to go after a uh, or they have i think a contract for this uh uh this country artist i i can't say it over the air yet because i'm not sure if we're ready yet because when they're negotiating these contracts they don't want to tell anybody until everything's firmed up all the details so i think that's going to happen in the next couple of days 
and then we're going to be able to make the announcement. But, you know, look forward to that. But it's another example of how we can utilize the stage in different ways. Sometimes there are nonprofits over there having, you know, wide-open events that the public can come to for free, and sometimes there are, there are other shows that are uh, a promoter may may come in and they uh, may charge for you to get into the show to help pay for the expenditures or maybe even make some money if they're a, a for-profit uh, operation. So in this case, it's a partnership with Eastern. We're going to charge uh, at, you know in advance like we did last year. You can buy tickets, uh, and that, all that will come out in the next few days. Sounds good. Keep us in the loop about that. I'm kind of uh, amused by all the media hype about this September heat wave that we're about ready to embark on, yet to me it's really bad when you get 98 99 100 which we get every now and then here it's going to be 90 for a couple of days and people are getting all in a tizzy about it but on a more serious nature there are some people this has an effect on some towns have cooling centers is there advice you have as the town manager for where people that need relief from the heat this week can go yes absolutely we have been and again like you said uh wayne that the uh the standard has dropped. I think usually when we get to a heat wave, is three days of 90 plus. Anytime we get really, you know, in that heat wave, 90 plus, even though it's not 98 in high humidity, which you know is probably a more serious issue. Uh, but again, this this event that we're going to have, or, or weather event we're going to have this week, is enough to get us to have uh, a cooling shelter. So our cooling shelter has been since our new community center was built. It's the uh, community room up in front, you know, where the senior center and social service area is of the community center. So if you need to cool off in Wyndham and you don't have a good place to do that, you can come into the, the, the cooling center. It, we typically keep it open during the daylight hours. Uh, nighttime, especially this time of year, it does get cooled off, so you could probably get back home, open the windows up, uh, get some fans going if you don't have air conditioning. Uh, but we will have the, the cooling center uh, emergency management director with uh, – uh, the folks over at the social services and, and, and senior center will be uh, assisting you. Usually we have some bottles of water if you need that. So you, you can sit there and, and uh, you know, stay cool uh, if you need to. And that we invite anybody that wants to come down and do that. We usually expand hours when we have this, but it depends on, you know, how hot it is, how long it's going to be hot. Uh, but stay tuned to see, uh, uh, you know, maybe some announcements on hours on the website or on the sign. But you know, typically you can kind of point your car to the community center if it's going to be really hot. Of course, here I am spouting off about it's not going to be all that bad. And I sit in an air-conditioned studio. So, you know, consider the source on that as we move on. And how about the updates on the, the Foster and Murray buildings? Every month we talk about this, but, you know, the last month or two, there's been some progress. Things looking good, but now there's a new little bit of a snag. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a long process. And this is what I try to explain to everybody, especially big renovations like this. You know, you see like... the the Popeyes or one of these dollar stores that go up and it seems like overnight these things appear. Uh, of course, there's usually a lot of planning for years before that you see that construction happen so quickly. Uh, but in the case of the Foster building, of the Murray building, uh, you know, the planning on those both of those properties has gone on for years, uh, many years for the Murray building, a few years for the Foster building. But sometimes construction doesn't go smoothly either because you're dealing with an older building and in the you know you have to adapt with take the new codes and apply it to the old building, um, and it just you don't know what you're going to run into sometimes. So again, there's been plenty of uh, uh, starts and and stops with both of those projects. The the Murray building is just about done. Um, they've actually you see that siding in the front around the bottom. That's just temporary. There's going to be some beautiful glass windows there, 
uh, when they're ready. I don't know if the windows are not in or they haven't got a tenant yet. I'm not sure. But they, that's just a temporary uh, facade on the front of the building, the siding that you see on the lower level. But they're really waiting for a switch uh, from Eversource, uh, that the power switch, I guess, uh, that between the, the tra- uh, transformer and the, the property, and, and they've been backlogged. You know, so we, we've got uh, all these back-ordered parts, you know, because of the supply chain issues. Well, everybody's suffering from it, including Eversource, and we've been waiting. This thing's been on order for months and months and months, and we still don't have it. Uh, I'm not sure when it's coming in, but hopefully soon. But that's holding up the works, and then they're going to put a set in the new transformer, and they should be up and running over there at the Murray Building. On the Foster, it's similar, kind of similar problem. Eversource, um, waiting to communicate with them on where to locate the new transformer. They just don't have the people to respond. So it's, it's either supply chain or it's maybe personnel. They're just so buried uh, with projects and not having enough personnel. So there's a little bit of delay there on where to put the transformer, and it's, it can hold up other work because you – you have to do some digging and some positioning of other equipment if you don't know where the transformer is going. And so anyway, we're, we're held up a little bit on both of those projects. I don't think it's going to hold us back forever, but uh, that's why you see sometimes the things slow down because uh, you got to get one thing done to get to the next thing. But uh, very close on the Murray building. Foster keeps plugging along. He's got millions into that project now. And while there might be times when we slow down or stop, I don't think he's going <laughs> to not finish the building at this point. I think he's got so much invested over there that somebody's going to finish that building. And heading in that same direction this morning, moments ago, I just saw Mama and her young daughter walking eastbound on the brick sidewalk here in front of my window, as obviously looks like they're heading off to school somewhere. And I'm just wondering, in general, did everything go smoothly as far as the first day of school, especially any issues with bus routes? Uh, bus routes, I didn't hear anything there, but there was, uh, you know, with all the construction up at the high school, which is moving right along, I think they're about two-thirds of that project complete, um, you got to get ready for the kids because there's so much, uh, so much that went on over the summer, uh, so much progress, and now things have to be moved around and barricades, and what are you blocking off in the school to make sure that the uh, students are safe, students and faculty are safe. And, and we had a lot of kind of raced with inspections towards the end right before school opened, but everything was fine, and uh, they're doing a great job. The construction company, the building committee, uh, the, the school staff, uh, my staff, everybody worked together, and we had a timely opening. But that was probably the issue for us in the school system. Uh, was I, You know, I want to say something on the side. I went to convocation. I got to attend convocation where all the teachers and all the staff get together, and they, they talk about, uh, you, know, you know, successes, and in the future, it's really a pep rally for for all the the, uh, the staff for the uh, school system, and they fill up the auditorium at the middle school and then some. It is so uh, uplifting to see the work that they all do and how much they care about the students and win them. Every single person from the, the folks that are working in the cafeteria right up to classroom teachers and everybody in between, and to see how much enthusiasm they have uh, and care for our students. I, I think I wish I, I said this to the chair of the board of education when I said I wish everybody could have seen what I got to see and be in that room. Um, and, and I know they've taped it in the past, but then they start using music and themes and things that might be copyrighted. So it's, it's, it's so unfortunate but, uh, that everybody can't see it. But it, it, people need to know how much the, the, the education system in Wyndham works for their students. I know that, and I, it feels good. Everything I do and my staff do every day, because what we all do is, is all 
it's, it's all interacting, right? What I do also affects the school system. What they do affects what we're doing. So I just wanted to make that note since you brought up the education and the start of school. Jim, let me spring this on you in full disclosure. You don't know this is coming. But now that we've got the change in the traffic pattern on Riverside Drive, you can't continue straight out. You have to turn up Railroad Street. And I have to, I, that's how I leave the building every day. But a lot of traffic comes that way. It's not just people that park here like, like John Tewitt and Wayne Norman do. But I find often, I get to the intersection with Main Street. I'm waiting to make my move, either a right turn or straight or left, whatever the case is. And people park their cars on Main Street right up toward the intersection, right toward on, on the curb there. And sometimes you can't see cars coming if you want to make, for example, a right turn on red. And in my opinion, they got to block off a couple of spots there. I think SUVs have a higher vantage point. They can see it. But in sedans, like John and I have, you can't really see that. And I think that's a traffic hazard. Any thoughts on that? You know, uh, we have a lot of those spots in town. And, of course, anytime you block off parking spaces, especially on Main Street, then we have a whole another group of people that complain there's not enough spots. So the spot in front of their business got blocked, and they're very unhappy about that. But we've got uh, a, a recent study. There's been lots of studies working with our engineer about that very thing. I don't know about that specific location, Wayne, but I'll have him added to the list if it's not on it. But they are looking around town, especially near the school systems, to make visibility uh, to make guiding cars where we want them to go, slowing cars down, traffic calming measures. So you're going to see a lot more of that, I think, with our new engineer. And he just hired some new help as well, uh, an assistant engineer. So we're going to get to some of these things. But that whole area is going to be revamped, I think, Wayne. And I'll just mention to him that, that that might be an issue on that uh, particular spot. And I just texted you photographic evidence of that. So get a look at the picture and you'll see what I'm talking about. Quickly, lastly, you want to get your car washed. You want to get gas. Good news. Yep. We're, uh, you can see the clearing uh, we've talked about on air, I think, a few times. The clearing for the new car wash is underway in North Wyndham. Uh, we have plans, construction plans, uh, for the, uh, the new gas station that would be located, I'd say, to the right, that four-acre lot to the right of the Masonic Lodge. So that's getting reviewed by my staff in the office. So those two projects are about to to get kicked off and again there's not many more spots you can see that what they call the open teeth there the missing teeth are getting filled in up there in north Wyndham, which is what you want to see when you're when you're developing like that but uh, all good news a lot of great things going on in Wyndham. i couldn't couldn't be happy with the direction we're taking and uh, we had a great summer on the stage and everything just seems to be working really well right now jim good news thank you very much especially for talking about the situation involving the street takeover over the weekend if people miss that it's on our podcast or will be soon at wili.com our town talk with wyndham town manager jim rivers brought to you by prime materials recovery with facilities on milk street and ash street in willimantic 14 wili willimantic and 95.3 fm